0: gonemobile.io. It's Gone Mobile.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Gone Mobile. In today's episode, we're joined by Martin Alderson, who's the founder of Codified Security. How's it going, Martin? Not bad, thanks. How are you? We're doing great. Um, It's been a while since we've really done a security show on, on Gone Mobile. I think we're probably about a year and a half or so. So so it's we're definitely overdue for, for revisiting a lot of security like topics and definitely want to dig into a lot of the cool looking stuff that you're doing with uh, app security testing and, and codified security. Uh, but, you know, just to sort of set the stage, like why why should developers care about security, you know, specifically in terms of like app development? Like I think it often gets a, a little bit of a shaft there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think app development is pretty difficult to start with. And I think uh, security can be hard to get your head around, especially if you're coming from perhaps a web background where the, the threat surface is slightly different. Um, so I think why, we, why developers should care about this is simply because um, if you don't, <laughs> the results can be pretty bad, right? Um, and I think there's basically quite a few basic things you can do that really improve it, which we can maybe talk about in a little while. But, yeah, I think it's super important that developers can keep keeping their customers and their clients secure uh, in app development.
0: Can you talk a little bit about what the you know, you talked about the threat services being different in mobile um, than a web app? Like what's what's mobile uh, do to us that we need to worry about security more than a web app?
2: Yeah, I think it's I think it's maybe not, maybe not more, but I think it's just different. I think. Some, some developers fall into the trap that they're forgetting they're actually shipping a binary to an app store, which people can download and decompile. One of the biggest threats we see is people shipping secret tokens into the application. Um, so we've seen stuff like even S3 buckets that have been in there because they've included a PCL that's actually a shared thing with their backend That's been shipped into the app. The DLL's got everything in it, and people don't realize that you're not just shipping rendered web pages.
1: Cool. So then let's start to step in then to to what you guys are doing over at at Codified and, you know, as part of that walk through a lot of the types of threats and and remediation paths that there are for this. So, So at a high level, like what is what is your offering at Codified?
2: Sure, so we've got an automated mobile app testing platform that's cloud-based. It's designed to be simple to use, so you upload an APK or IPA file, um, or perhaps some DLLs for more debug info. Um, We then look at that, decompile that, um, run different threat threat, uh, scenarios on it, and then give you a report with remediation advice on how to do that. I think the core thing we're looking at doing here is ensuring that you've got some tooling that enforces security throughout your development process, much like we've seen a bunch of tools being written for QA and functional testing and automated UI testings are in test cloud, for example. We feel that um, developers can really benefit from a tool similar to that, but looking at the security aspects of the code.
0: So does your testing, like, is this a completely automated on your side, the tests that you do, or is there some sort of manual um, security, you know, things that you look at as well?
2: Yeah. So our products are entirely automated. What we do offer a, as a manual addition is that we'll go through and calibrate our static analysis engine to remove some false positives. So I think if you've used um, any static analysis th- thing in the past, you'll find those false positives. So we offer an extra additional manual step that um, gets rid of those false positives for you. <laughs>
1: What sort of false positives do you find generally get picked up by your static analysis that that can typically be ruled out by manual testing?
2: Oh, so our, our approach is that we'd rather have more false positives than false negatives. Um, that's the sort of approach we've taken, um, all kinds of stuff, (laughs) um, looking at sort of namespace namespace definitions, for example, in XML files can really confuse the way uh, we look at different strings and stuff. So there's quite a few different things and they're very varied, unfortunately. So it's quite hard to give a high level overview, but, um, yeah, we're working on that. Yeah.
1: Cool. So then you mentioned kind of Xamarin and passing there. So, so we should, I guess we should cover like what platforms do you guys actually support with your security scans?
2: Yeah, sure. Support iOS and Android. Uh, in iOS, we've got um, Objective-C and Swift support. On Android, we've got Java support, and then we've got Xamarin iOS and Xamarin Android.
0: And do they have, like, different support for different versions of these operating systems? Like, do you look for different threats on different versions of Android, for instance?
2: Yeah. So, basically, when you get the report back, if it's a, a thing that's only executable on certain versions, we'll highlight that. Um, we do do some some testing on different versions, but generally we're looking at the sort of stack analysis of the file. So we're looking at the code itself um, and maybe referencing the different versions from that.
1: Cool. So let's dig into to some kind of common vulnerability types and uh, the types of issues that you commonly see in apps. Yep. Like what are like what are some of the most common things that you find your your scans are picking up that developers are still doing?
2: Yeah, sure. So um, unfortunately, we find the same. Handful quite often, and they're quite basic stuff. So, I think one thing that's quite concerning is the amount of um, debug code that gets left in the app. So, we'll often see, for example, um, big chunks of code that just shouldn't be shipped in a production app. Um, and also, coming with that, stuff like logging. So, often users will just do console.write or write to the Android log. The problem is that other, other apps can possibly read that. So, it's easy in a debug and development environment to just log stuff in, and then ship that to production without taking that code back out. So that's one definite thing we see. Um, I think another thing we see is just TLS and SSL not being implemented correctly. So that goes all the way from just not using it, which is obviously bad, to the more complex stuff, like, (laughs) which has been difficult, I think, with some of the stuff that's been going on with Xamarin and Mono around TLS recently. Um, But stuff like not uh, ensuring that the host name Verify is correct. So basically, just accepting any certificate. We see that a lot, and I understand why because you're trying to use a development certificate. You haven't got a real production certificate. Okay, I'll just I'll just close that down and ignore that error while I'm developing, and then you forget to unremove that again when you ship to production.
1: Right, and you, so what you were mentioning around keeping logging in the app and stuff does that mean that the the scans that you're doing will just pick up log calls and flag those as yeah, as positives then in in all cases?
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
1: Okay, so is, so is that one that you find that a lot of people are, you know, they sort of check that off as being an okay thing um, in the end?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I think half it's education, and I think half it is just people making oversights, really, which is hard to do without automated tooling, right? Um, obviously, right. that's going to be caught in a penetration test, but penetration tests are super expensive. And don't really fit into the uh, really agile mobile release cycle we've got. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's a, it's a case of both, really. Uh, we speak to customers, and they have different reasons why they do that. But I think basically, just don't console log stuff. Really, is the is the top line stuff. And if you are use something, um, use, use a remote logging service that can that can fire that up securely to your to your remote dashboard because that's you know you can actually view it there as well.
0: And you mentioned you know you guys detect obviously um, like. Uh private keys and stuff like that in the apps Hmm. are you just doing like you know looking for any kind of strings that are left around in the app or how do you how do you kind of differentiate that between something that should be there
2: yeah absolutely so we've got uh hundreds of different rules for looking for specific key patterns we've found we have a more generic rule that'll just match anything that looks suspicious um but we have specific rules that look for certain patterns that we'll see in github tokens that kind of stuff
1: and jumping back to the, the TLS and certificate checking one that you were mentioning before, mm. like this is definitely one that I've seen out in the wild. You know, it's it's something that probably is one of the more common things for developers just to leave after development time yep. you know, in an app that ships, but it's a particularly scary one. Um, so I'm curious how your what you could say about how your checks are kind of approaching trying to find that sort of error then, because like especially speaking from, say, a Xamarin apps perspective, there's mm-hmm. a number of different ways that you can make your network calls, some of which yep. might be managed, some of which might go through the underlying iOS or Android system code. Yep. Like, how um, are you able to catch sort of all of these different code paths?
2: Yeah, so we do we've, we've done a lot of research and we've got as you say loads of different code paths and we try and keep up to date with different ways that people use these as well so as, as the new new cool shiny new gets come along um, we'll try and build rules along them alongside them to make sure that they're enforced correctly but as I've saying before we we generally have specific rules for specific environments and then we have more generic rules that is more of a catch-all um, and that that goes in hand, hand in hand really
1: All right um, another thing I'm curious about is if you've seen any kind of noticeable difference between the types of errors that you that your scans and your users have, um, that they pick up for your users across different, say, platforms or even frameworks, say, like native iOS versus Xamarin iOS or iOS versus Android.
2: Mm-hmm. So I think the, the top level thing is that it's it's a lot easier to make mistakes on Android. Um, and what, Android is a lot less sandboxed and gives you a lot of rope to hang yourself with if you want to. Um, iOS tends to be more sandboxed, um, which which gives some different statistics there. Um, generally, I think it's, it's quite variable, really. Um, we see Xamarin developers doing really good stuff, we see Xamarin developers doing not so good stuff, and it's very similar on the Android and iOS side as well, really. I don't think there's any particular patterns we've noticed there, apart from Android in general being harder to get secure than the iOS uh, equivalent.
0: So we've talked about a, a, a few different common types of issues that you run into. Um, are there any you know, can you dig into some of the the more uh, one-off issues or the the more uh, advanced stuff that you guys kind of look for? Uh, we've got a really
2: impressive SQLite injection framework. So we we look at how people use prepared SQLite statements. Um, it's quite funny sometimes to see all the best practice on prepared statements in SQL in web and back end, and then just not being used at all in in mobile. Um, and we often see user input and various other ways. So that's where I think our advanced research really starts shining there, because we're looking at how users, how the input comes into the query, and where that's came from. So that's probably the more advanced side of stuff we're doing, rather than the sort of best practice stuff we're looking at, and more behavioural driven, really. <laughs>
1: And in terms of the, the SQLite or just databases in general, do you do any checking for, uh, say, encryption of those, those SQLite files or like any sort of monitoring of the types of things that are going into the database to see if they should be encrypted or not?
2: Yeah, so we've got rules that will look for basically file I.O., um, see what kind of files you're writing, working out from there, should that be encrypted or not, sort of going hand-in-hand hand with the SQLite stuff actually, detecting where the files are coming from. And then I think um, in terms of um, encryption, there's great frameworks out there like SQL Cypher. Um, I think a lot of our current and future research is actually on how do you store the keys for SQL Cypher safely? <laughs> because as I say, it's quite easy to implement SQL Cypher, but they're not still a key in a secure way. So finding those keys is something that's sort of hand in hand. So I think the complex thing about our product is we've got a lot of interesting rules, but how they start interdep- interdepending on each other is um, quite interesting. So yeah, we see a lot of problems with users Doing a great valiant job on in, in making sure sql cipher and, and similar Nugets and pcls are used correctly but then just put the the private key in a in a file
1: <laughs> right so then you know not to make all of this sound like doom and gloom like like let's talk a little bit about how like as a developer like let's say that i'm someone i'm listening to this and i say oh crap that's actually what i'm exactly what i'm doing in my sure. app yeah um like what what should you, uh, developers be doing to, to remediate those types of issues?
2: Um, yeah, I think it's hard for me to give quite generic advice on that because it often depends on how your backend and your data is structured. Um, but I would to avoid being doom and gloom. We are definitely seeing that mobile app security is, is improving over time. I think looking back a year or two, when we were first sort of starting the uh, starting our research, starting the company, things were a lot lot worse. Um, I think. The general standard is improving, but I think the difficult with mobile, I think, which is, again, different to web and back end is that the the devices change really quickly. There's new APIs, there's new OS updates. So you are on a very moving target, really. Um, so I think that's a challenging thing is I think everything's improving, but is it improving enough that we're keeping up to date with the new stuff? I think that's always been a challenge in mobile and probably always will be. <laughs>
1: Right. I mean, even in, if you just look at the the OWASP top ten on the you know mm-hmm. server side web side of things, you know those the, the high level points there generally aren't changing year after year, absolutely. which is su- surprising and sad. But I guess still the the reality of what's going on out in the wild.
2: Yeah, absolutely. No, I totally agree. Um, I think I think mobile developers have a hard challenge, and I think um, sort of tooling like ourselves yeah, is is one part of the part of the piece of the puzzle there.
1: For sure. Um, So what about like do you do any sort of scanning or detection of like what's going on in? uh, Let's say I have a web view in my app where I'm loading Mm -hmm. either some content from some other some other place or even local web view stuff Like Mm -hmm. in a Cordova ish kind of way.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, so in our new in our new release, we're looking at adding more support to that um, and looking basically how we're using HTML and CSS. We we currently look at how the web, web view is configured, but in a future release, we're going to be actually drilling down for HTML and JavaScript and doing some cool stuff around that. Again, it's it's tricky. I mean, we've seen people that have done a beautiful SSL implementation on their their core networking stack for their REST calls, for example, and then on the web view, they've haven't done that. So there's so many things in moving parts to keep keep on top of here.
0: Are are you doing any tests specifically in mind with like, this would pertain more to Apple and the, uh, you know, the iOS app store, but any tests that, that sort of help developers avoid uh, like possible rejection criteria around security? Like for instance, you know, if you're, they've, they've recently changed the rules of how you have to do OAuth through, you know, the SF Safari view controller and stuff like that. I'm just wondering if if you're kind of going to that extent to help developers avoid uh, a rejection from the app store.
2: Yeah, I mean, we we do try. I don't think that's our, our primary goal. I think unfortunately, the the guidance from Apple especially keeps on changing. Um, if I look at App Transport Security, that was yeah. that was meant to be the completely removed, and then they they backtracked on that. So I think we're we're quite cautious with that kind of stuff. But I think um, we've also seen Google Play is now doing. Um, automatic rejections for common security vulnerabilities. Um, so I think putting a tool in like as part of the development process helps avoid any uh, nasty surprises. But yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're really currently aiming at um, improving um, developers themselves rather than trying to be a sort of uh, addition to the App Store process.
1: This episode is sponsored by Raygun. Discover, diagnose, and understand the root cause of error, crash, and performance issues in your apps in seconds. See how your apps are really performing and where they encounter problems with Raygun's incredible full-stack software intelligence platform. Raygun works with all major programming languages and platforms, including iOS, Android, and Xamarin, giving you full visibility over every issue affecting your users. I use Raygun in all of my own apps and highly recommend you give it a try. It only takes a few minutes and you're up and running in your app. Sign up for a free trial today over at Raygun.com and make sure to thank them for sponsoring Gone Mobile. Right, and I saw mentioned on your your site a sort of a, a bunch of um you know of the scarier sounding high level categories of vulnerabilities that, that you also have the ability to focus on things like PCI, which is um, all too real to you know people in the the industry that I work in every day. Um, yep. You have you list OWASP, you list HIPAA, and I think some others. Like like how does that sort of play into the the types of scans? Like are those options that you provide that light up or light or turn off different checks yeah. on your end?
2: Yeah, so basically if you enable them, we'll give you additional remediation advice around PCI and we'll also present the re- report in a more sort of compliance-friendly way. Some some users like seeing it, just show me all the issues. Some people want to look at specific issues around those compliance things.
1: Do you find that your users are actually just straight up taking the reports that you get and including those in their their sort of PCI reports at the end of the year
2: um I can't really comment on that I don't I'm not
1: uh, <laughs> I'm not ensure, entirely sure to
2: be honest yeah
1: fair enough but I, I guess I'm also just curious like like let's say that I I checked the box for for HIPAA compliance like what what sort of things does that mean that your your scans start looking for
2: yeah. So I think it's really more categorizing our existing rules into a HIPAA-friendly way. Um, I think the difficulty with a lot of these compliance things, they're quite vague. So what we're trying to do is show actual actionable I- outcomes in your code that could actually um, lead to these sort of HIPAA compliance or PCI compliance issues being triggered.
0: Mm. So, backing up a little bit, you mentioned like at the top of the show that you know you can take an IPA or an APK file. So, I'm assuming you don't need the app source code to scan it. Um, is that something that the developer can still provide? Does that help you in any way to have the source code to look through as well?
2: Um, no. So, we we, we can You can also upload the DLLs, which are the compiled DLLs. Um, the difficulty we've had with taking source code and looking at that approach is that the build infrastructure for mobile apps is incredibly complicated. Um, and actually making a, re- a reproducible build from source code is quite difficult, um, especially mm-hmm. with how, how often it updates. So what we're trying to do is actually focus on the um, end package that you'd send to the App Store uh, or Play Store um, and look at it that way.
0: So I, and since we're uploading the actual builds of the app, so can you like take us through what exactly happens when you upload your app and you start doing a scan?
2: Yeah, sure. So when you upload the upload the file, you send it to our, our cloud servers. Um, we'll provision a, a machine to then look at decompiling that. Um, we use different techniques alongside that um, and quite varied techniques alongside that. We then do static analysis across the whole decompile code and some of the other things we get from that um, and then run various hundreds of rules against that um, output and then provide you with quite a simple and easy-to-use report.
1: Okay, and then like, what what mechanisms are there for uploading an app to your system? Then, like, is there an API that I could put this into, say, a CI build or something yeah, like that?
2: Absolutely. So I think the, the 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 cool and trendy world is DevSecOps now. Um,
1: so, so <laughs> oh, we've got second there now. I like oh that. yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah,
2: got gotta fire the words in. Um, so yeah. So I think. Um, CI is super interesting for us. Um, I think that's sort of the core ten of our product. So we have a support for BitRise, which is quite a common CI platform. We've got plugins for VSTS um, and some of the Jenkins uh, and Team City and that kind of thing. Um, and we also, as you say, have an API. So depending on where you're where you're at with your sort of DevOps process and CI, some users like sending it quite complicated with our API and using it that way. Other users just like us just sending the report via a, via a plugin.
0: And how long does it take for a scan to usually run? I mean, I'm sure this varies between apps, but, uh, generally how long are we looking at, you know, minutes, hours?
2: Yeah. So I think for first upload, um, we say it'll take a day that allows us to sort of configure everything on our side. But from that, I think you're looking at between five and 15 minutes, depending on the complexity of the application.
1: How is it that the, like, what's the difference then between that, that first run and that second run that it goes from, you know, up to just hours, up to a day and then 15 minutes.
2: Um, yeah, so we'll do some manual checking of the file on first upload to make sure it goes into our system correctly, and work with you to onboard you if there's any problems. Um, so really, that's more of a conference check. We can do it quicker than that.
0: And so if if we were to do you know a major like rewrite of an app and and submit the the change there, it would probably have to go through some of those similar motions again. I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, so when we get a scan report, like what kind of format is that in? Um, how do we how do we kind of make sense of what's in it? What exactly do we actually see in the scan report?
2: Yeah, so for Xamarin, is quite good. So you'll get a headline information of the different types of vulnerabilities in their counts. And then you can drill down to where we think the errors occurred in your code. So from the decompile code, we'll actually highlight where we think the errors happened from our static analysis. Um, so that makes it quite easy to jump back into your IDE um, and start playing around with some fixes for that and then remediate against that.
0: So do you do, you do like categorizations of, of different uh, vulnerabilities you find? Like, is there, like, at the end of the scan report, you know, if I'm putting this in my CI system, uh, is there any way for me to kind of get like a pass fail scenario or is, is it more geared towards, you know, here's different advice and, and you should probably, yeah, look
2: we're, we're looking more at advice currently. I think pass fail is something we're going to get to, I think, especially over the sort of Q3 this year, which something we're definitely looking at. Um, I think what we found from our customers is that a lot of different customers have different risk profiles. So being able to pass fail, it isn't, is quite simple on the technical side, but actually from a commercial side, understanding our customers, I think that's something that we're still working around.
1: So if I let's say I have an app and, you know, I'm continuously say every day, every week would have you like sending it through just to to get periodic updates mm-hmm. on my scans. Like, is there any sort of ability to see a trend over time or to sort of mark certain errors as as OK? Like I know in other yeah. static analysis tools I've used, like Coverity and, and the likes of those, then you sort of get updates on new ones and you have the ability to mark old ones as, you know, that it you know, this isn't a real bug or we're OK with this mm-hmm. scenario and that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, so um, we're looking at trends, and that's something we're looking into the future. I think you can mark um, the reports up in your own way. So if you're perhaps you're remediating the issue in a different way, or it's something you're not super concerned about, you can mark that straight in the dashboard, and we'll take that account in further in further scans.
1: Cool. And going back to what you were talking about before, of you know, seeing the line of code and being able to you know take that jump back to your ID and get going. Like, how does that play into? apps that might be using some sort of obfuscation to you know to mask yeah. the the managed code that goes in and things like that like do you play well with that
2: no <laughs> to be honest no <laughs> so we we asked for for deobfuscated builds really um that's the only thing we'll ask for um i think it's it's easier that way
1: <laughs> right which i guess is uh something that you can sort of do because this would be a behind the scenes thing you're yeah. not picking these out of the app store Correct. so yeah yeah. That, yeah that that makes sense are there any plans to do like either hook into some of the more well-known ones to get, say, the mapping files or anything, or is the approach basically just going to be, you know, send us a non-obfuscated build?
2: Yeah, it's something we're looking at, um, especially with some different languages in terms of source mapping. Uh, it's for sort of JavaScript-based um, apps. I, I think, for, right. I think for currently, I think we're, we're just asking people to upload um, sort of uh, non-obfuscated builds.
0: So now the question that every developer doesn't want to have to worry about, um, what are your different pricing options for this service?
2: Yeah, so we've got um, quite simple pay as go pricing um, or enterprise options, but our pay as go pricing is $249 U.S. per scan. Um, so you can buy it on a per-scan basis. If you're looking to move into CI or something which is going to require a lot more uh, tests, then you can purchase an enterprise license offers, um, which we can discuss on a case-by-case basis.
1: Cool. And is there is there an ability to sort of get started? Like if I'm a developer and, you know, I want to just throw some apps at this, you know, get a sense of, you know, how, you know, what the risk profile is of some of my apps sure. just to, to, get me, to, to get me hooked. Like what are the options there?
2: Yeah. So I think if you want to email me personally, <laughs> martin at codifiedsecurity.com, I'd be delighted if any of your readers want to take us out on a free trial and we can we can work with you on that.
1: Awesome. Um, so, I mean, is there anything else that uh, either like big features of Codified that we haven't really covered, or or just general app-specific like threat profiles that, that we should definitely make sure our users are are aware of um, and and dig into?
2: Yeah, I, I think I think one tricky thing with Xamarin has been the rollout of TLS 1.2 support. Um, I know mm. a lot of our customers had problems with that in the past, um, so I knew there was going to be a managed implementation, which. Don't know really what happened to that. But um, I think a lot of the stuff's been put back to an unmanaged implementation. Um, So that's fine. I think TLS 1.2 and the new version of TLS 1.3 is something to be super aware of. I think it's really easy... Um, to forget about that. And some of the defaults aren't ideal around that. Um, So I think I'd recommend any developers do look at what TLS version you're using. Um, This has a lot of implications around PCI compliance. And even if you're not looking at security, we're seeing a lot of different firewalls start rejecting TLS versions less than 1.2. So you'll get some crazy errors that you have no idea why your sort of TLS connections are hanging up and all this kind of stuff. So I think that's definitely my sort of tip of the month, really, is to look at your TLS implementation, especially if you're using sort of older NuGets and PCLs, which maybe haven't been updated to the, some of the newer cool stuff in the later versions of Xamarin, um, and double check that. Um, as I said, it's it's got big security implications, but also can be really hard to debug in different environments.
1: Yeah, the TLS one point two thing is I we're dealing with that in a variety of ways yeah. in my day job. So I could definitely relate to that one. I mean, across every API and every server we have. Um but the good thing is, like you said, that most of the world is deprecating it right now. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of there's a good enough push there from a lot of big names that people are actually doing it, which is nice. Yeah, fantastic. Um and one of the other actually one of the other things I that I know is in the, the mobile top 10 that I'm wondering if, if you kind of do anything for in codified is some stuff around, I know, reverse engineering and, and actually just code quality metrics. Like, are those things that you sort of target at all in your scans?
2: Um, we're really focused more on security right now. I think there's, there's good tools, um, to look at a bit more code quality stuff. Um, and I think really what we're looking to do is build the best possible product for mobile app security and try to keep laser focused on that for now. I think there's some really interesting stuff we can, can look at doing that in the future, but we're trying to be really laser focused on getting this, um, this product as best it can be.
1: Nice. Is there anything that you would point to as like sort of what's up and coming for, for future versions or like the next big feature coming down the pipe?
2: Um, (laughs) <laughs> not, not, not publicly. Unfortunately, right now.
1: <laughs> Damn, no, it's
0: always <laughs> worth right? Don't worry. You can tell us.
2: <laughs> no, um, there's some really, really cool stuff we're working on, but it's, uh, it's pretty top secret right now.
1: Fair enough. Well, well, I guess we might have to have you back on sometime to Absolutely. talk about it. Once, once, once you're allowed to tell us, we understand. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So, so hopefully we've kind of made the case that developers should should care about security. It's important, um, you know, regardless of what type of app you have, um, but also that it's not so scary and that there are good remediation paths for a lot of these well known mm-hmm. bugs or well known vulnerabilities. Um, is there anything that we we miss that Codify um, offers that that our, our listeners should know about or, or should they just go try and give this stuff a, a trial run and see how it goes
2: yeah definitely definitely just reach out and um, see how it goes um, and definitely depending on where you are with mobile ci definitely look at it as a core component to to what you're doing around mobile ci
1: awesome well martin thanks so much for for taking the time to chat security with us no worries it was fantastic yeah i hope that was hope that was interesting absolutely uh, and thanks as always for everyone for listening and we'll catch you next time on gone mobile